Hello, everyone, and welcome to United We Stand. I'm your host, Jim Feeney, and this show airs every week with insightful commentary about the world around us and how we build a stronger, more sustainable America. You can also find my podcasts at www.jimfeeney.com and subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, and Buzzsprout. So a few years ago, when my son Marcus was looking for a summer league basketball team to join, he came across a local AAU team that was really outstanding. He wondered if he was good enough to even make the team. And when he inquired, he was introduced to coach Antoine Jennings, who gave him the lowdown on the requirements for joining his crew. It wasn't like other AAU teams where you just tried out and if you were good enough, you were in. Crossover was different. In order to play, you had to meet strict academic and tutoring requirements. Marcus had to commit to becoming a tutor in the crossover program before he'd be eligible to play. When he told my wife and I about it, we were curious. As we learned more, it became clear that their mission was incredible, and we encouraged Marcus to get involved. And Before you know, our whole family got involved tutoring kids at Crossover. It's been a rewarding experience, and we've learned so much, not to mention making new friends in our Vero Beach community. So it's with great pleasure today that I welcome co-founders of Crossover, Kathy DeShower and Coach Antoine Jennings, to our show. Thanks, Kathy and Antoine, for taking the time to tell your story today, because it's an incredible story, and I know you're really busy, but this is a story that needs to be told, especially to our local Indian River County audience, to all the great work you're doing. So, Kathy, can you give our listeners a quick overview of Crossover and the great work that you guys do? Like, how many kids do you have, and uh, sort of what's the, the general gist of the program? Okay. Thanks, Jim. Nice to be here today. We appreciate you taking time for us. Uh, Crossover is in its seventh year now. We are a 501c3 nonprofit working with at-risk youth ages 8 to 18 in Indian River County. Uh, We work with the kids who are motivated, motivated by their love of basketball, and that motivation is strong enough to help them work hard in academics and toward the attainment of their life goals. We have 70 kids in the program currently. The program really consists of intensive athletic, basketball, and fitness training that Antoine and his crew of coaches take care of, and we have one-on-one academic mentoring. And that term, academic mentoring, is something we coined, and what it means is, like a parent, the, the mentor looks at the broad view of the student's academics We have close affiliations with the school. We have a focus account. We have the St. Ed's portals and the um, various private schools locally to be able to get into their um, accounts to see the grades of the kids. So an academic mentor would look at the broad view. How is the student doing this week in all classes? Drill down into each class and see what assignments are missing and be able to hold the student accountable as well as tutor in various classes. So academic mentoring is really important. It's done weekly. It's done in some cases daily. We have a spectrum of kids that range in all different abilities, both athletically and academically. And we try to match the students with the appropriate mentor. We have mentors of all ages. We have uh, mentors that are in high school and we have some who are retired. In fact, our oldest mentor was 102. Oh, my word. (laughs) (laughs) She was amazing. She passed away, but she was a a survivor of the Holocaust, a really amazing woman. Uh, Oh, my God. What a story she must have had to tell. She did. And she worked with one of the most difficult children. He couldn't believe it. What? 102. 
So, and, and what, what range of uh, students do you deal with? Is it elementary school, just high school? Eight years old, all the way through high school. And some of our kids are in college and we haven't left them yet with those. So we're still supporting kids in college. So elementary, it's upper elementary, eight years old. So fourth grade is the youngest that we take because they have to be coordinated enough to play basketball and be able to perform and learn and, and adjust to the level of performance that we're trying to draw out of them. Question. Did all the kids play basketball? Mostly, yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Antoine, now you've got an incredible story that is really kind of at the center of crossover. And can, you, can you share that with our audience? Because I think it's really important to, to get a context of the mission of the organization and how key you are to it. You know, it started from when I was a young kid. My father uh, had uh, complete custody of my twin brother and I uh, from the ages of, of four to 11. Um, very disciplined man, you know, very structured, very supportive. I uh, just remember he would always take us around to school on, on orientation day. He would give all of the teachers his personal contact information, and he would say that he wanted to know uh, any time that we would act up in school and he wanted to know about it right away. And they would call him, and he'd come out to the school and chastise us and make us go home and write an essay and come back the next day and ask for permission to read it in front of uh, the class. So that was his way of kind of uh, breaking us out of our bad habits. Uh, we weren't allowed to have anything lower than a B in school. Every day we came home, it was you know, homework. It was an hour worth of reading, working on your handwriting. Um, he also had uh, a lot of businesses going, uh, landscaping, uh, you know, a lot of real estate and things of that nature. So it was always working all the time. Uh, maybe got 15 minutes a day to play if we were lucky. Wow. Um, and he was, again, very supportive. I mean, he would buy us, literally buy us anything that we wanted as long as our grades were good and we did what he what he asked. Um, he just installed a lot of values uh, in us at a very early age. My mom was living down in, in South Florida. Um, at the age of 11, my father was incarcerated. He and nine other family members, I found out that he was a, a major cocaine dealer. It was like the rug was snatched from, from underneath my feet. Uh, we moved in with my mom. It was just a totally different different situation. The structure was was gone. We bounced around a lot. We didn't have the same resources. Um, it was it was a struggle. Um, my grades began to to fall um, over the years. I often found myself kind of feeling out of place, like I didn't really belong anywhere. I felt inadequate. Luckily, I fell in love with the game of basketball. I just tried it out because I was a pretty tall kid. And I was good at it, and it just kind of stuck with me. Basketball was the thing that motivated me to keep going to school, and I knew that I had to do uh, what it took to, to, takes to have that uh, 2.0 grade point average. Uh, so I did just enough to get by so that I can have the 2.0 in order to play sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, my attitude constantly kept me on and off of the basketball court. I uh, didn't have the success I wanted to. Uh, luckily, my mom got engaged to this guy in a little town called Frostproof on the west coast of, of Florida. Uh, we moved over there, and that was the best thing that could have happened for me. It was a smaller school. Got a lot of individual attention and support. Um, met a teacher there by the name of Mr. Marco, who really, really spent a lot of time with me, much like her, your wife is doing uh, with our kids and our, our boys but trying to help me get my academics on track, trying to make sure that I'm college ready and stuff like that. We had a great season there. Um, long story short, my brother and I 
or one of us were uh, determined ineligible. Um, and every game that we played that year, we had to forfeit. Uh, we were headed to the state finals that year, so that wasn't going to happen. I made a terrible decision to drop out of high school. I told my, I met my my high school teacher, told her I didn't want to be there anymore. I just wanted to go back to Girl Beach, mm-hmm. kind of share the story about you know how we ended up there and how it wasn't a great situation for us. She offered me the opportunity to live with her. She would get us financial aid, and if financial aid uh, didn't come through, uh, she would pay her tuition herself. Um, but she really believed that we would still have have an opportunity to, to receive a scholarship. I promised her that I, you know, I'd stay with her, uh, go home and pack my stuff, and we did. But we moved straight back to Girl Beach. Never said goodbye. I never gave a phone call or anything. Mm. Got back to Girl Beach. Didn't really know what to do. Got my GED right away, and I was just lost. Wanted to make some money for myself. I got into selling drugs. Started taking on the responsibility of my younger siblings. I had them living there with me. I have a brother that's seven years younger and a sister that's five years younger. Um, the college opportunities, they kept coming. You know, I kept blowing them off. I uh, just didn't think that I had the support to be able to do it. Um, and I also felt like I had too many people depending on me. Um, my life just started spiraling out of control. Uh, six different times I found myself looking down the barrel of a gun been shot at. I've been stabbed. I've had my house broke into. I moved out of that house and moved into another house. Um, there was, I was just getting so many warnings from so many people that I was just completely doing too much and I needed to slow down and change my life. Didn't know how that was going to happen. Didn't know how to support the lifestyle that I created for myself uh, without the drug money. Uh, I had a son in the process and I just remember always telling him that I was going to always be there to take care of him, support him. Uh, guide him and stuff like that. I'd never leave his side. I resented my dad because I felt like if he was here, my life would have gone totally different. At that point, I really felt like I, I needed to make a change, uh, but I also felt like I had a lot of more, a lot more responsibility uh, now that I have a kid. And so I decided that I needed to do more. Um, it wasn't long before I found myself going out for a night of fun uh, with a relative and not knowing that some guys had been following us the entire night. Um, as we got ready to go back to the vehicle, there were three men ducked behind the back side of the car. We didn't know they were there. Um, as we proceeded to get into the vehicle and sat down in the seat, they rushed us uh, with ski masks and put guns to our head. Oh, uh, they us down on the side of the road um, and stripped us for everything that we had. You know, all of the jury, the money, everything. They just took it in. So at that point, I wasn't really uh, afraid. I thought that, you know, they got what they wanted and they would let us go. They proceeded to convert, conversate uh, back and forth across the vehicle. And then the guy said, bring them to the back of the building. I watched them as they walked my cousin to the back. I refused to get up. They dragged me uh, maybe 20 feet or so to the back of the building. Uh, we get back there and it's totally pitch black. I'm just laying down, you know, with my arms stretched out, laying down beside my cousin. You can barely see three, five, three feet out in front of you. And I'm just thinking about how did I get myself into this mess? You know, I've thought about all of the warnings, all of the opportunities that I had. I thought about all of the money. You know, nobody knew where it was but me. I thought about, you know, I purchased all of this materialistic stuff and prided myself in that. I don't have any insurance. You know, my family's going to have to sell that stuff just to be able to bury me. I thought about my son and how I had lied to him and told him that I'd always be there to take care of him and protect him. I thought about my teacher who told me never to come back to Bureau Beach, told me I was a bad decision maker. 
Uh, I needed support, guidance, and structure. And, you know, I just, my mind was racing so many different ways. And I just said, I'm, I'm not going to die like this. And I decided I was going to get up and run. And the guy shoves me down and he says, you get up again, I'm going to blow your brains out. As I'm laying there, uh, they proceeded to, you know, pace back and forth. And they're just mumbling and throwing away the stuff that they don't want through the keys, you know, the wallet. And as soon as my cell phone hit the ground right in front of me, it started ringing. And my wife was calling back to back to back. And I'm think, sitting there looking at the screen thinking, I just need to say help, you know, get. I'm sorry, I love you or something. Wow. And I, at that point, I just felt like, you know, how ironic is that? You know, I, I thought that that was a clear sign from God that my life was over. And I, I just said, I'm not going to die like this. And I got ready to get up again. God shoved me down. Said, you get up again, I'm going to blow your brains out. As I'm laying there, you know, they continue to pace back and forth. The guy walks over, shoves the gun down to the barrel, the barrel down to the back of my head. Um, he's just pressing down, and I'm squeezing my eyes really tight. And I'm just thinking, you know, what is it going to be like to die? Am I going to be a vegetable? Am I going to feel the pop? Um, and I didn't know what to say. I just said, Jesus. And the guy said, get up, get in your car, and leave. Um, at that point, I knew that I wasn't going to touch drugs again. I knew that it was over. I knew that I had to change my lifestyle. Uh, my wife and I, we weren't married at the time. So, you know, that was first thing on my list to marry her, uh, to do the right thing and start to change some things in my life. Um, I started having this passion to go back and help kids. And again, I started feeling like, why would anybody listen to me? Only thing you know how to do is <laughs> sell drugs and play basketball. And at that point, I knew that that should be my story. There are so many kids in the community that are just like me who put athletics ahead of academics, kids that don't have the support, kids that don't have guidance, kids that don't know structure. Um, I wanted to build a program and a team of people that would give these kids all of the tools and support that they needed in order to be successful adults. And in that process of coaching my son in recreation basketball is where I met Kathy. Um, and Kathy was the one, uh, I remember when I first started going to church, my pastor told me, and I went to share my vision with him. He told me not to share it. He said, write the book of, read the book of Habakkuk and write the vision and make it plain. He said, you're one person away from making your dreams come true. And due to, you know, my racial differences or beliefs, uh, and wanting to stick to my own race and, and culture and stuff like that. Kathy reached out to me a couple of times to train her son in basketball, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel like I was ready for something like that. And, but long story short, she ended up being that one person that wanted to help me uh, reach my goals. And that's how kind of how Crossover in a Nutshell came to fruition. It was Kathy who stepped in and took it to the next level. Unbelievable story. I mean, just – and I know you must tell that story to – the boys and, and girls in crossover because that just connects with them. And I just can't imagine it. I mean, I, I doubt any of our listeners or very few of them could ever empathize with that situation you found yourself in, but you, you pulled yourself up, you know, you hit the, the skids, you were at the lowest level in your life. The uh, interview I had a couple of days ago with Reverend Johnson at community church, we both were sort of talking and thinking about like how really people don't pay attention to God except in the, the worst moments of their life. It's like, Oh Lord, please help me. Well, where were you? You know, when times were good, but God shows up 
or something shows up and it works. They deliver. And and just I'm amazed how that happened. Have Kathy be there at that time. Uh, So the fact that you guys are digging in to this community with these disadvantaged kids to help divert them away from what you had to go through is just an amazing thing. So Kathy, tell us some about some of the big challenges you face each day at Crossover because, you know, you've got a big and growing organization here and I know it's, it's not easy. So starting from the bottom and building is definitely not an easy thing. We're not a franchise. So everything that we've, we have, we've created and, and have had people help us create and help get funded to, to do. There was a time where everything was operated out of our homes and McDonald's and the community church. And since that time, we have grown to have a, a, a building. Um, we're, I'm sitting now in our building that's 30,000 square feet that we are in renovation for. As far as the big challenges we face every day, there's um, the obvious COVID challenges um, oh, man. facing, which is dramatic. It's affecting the kids. Academically, it's been really difficult. Quarter four was a, a crazy experience. The kids really felt like they were done. They didn't have to do much and then come to find out halfway through they do. So we had an incredible push at the end uh, that actually resulted in one of the best performances we've our kids have had. In the history of Crossover, we had 89% of our kids get onto the um, B or higher GPA. Wow. Um, that was uh, really something. We put in double time, our volunteers and ourselves, every staff member, you know, every bookkeeper, everybody was mentoring kids. Now in quarter one, it's been very difficult as well. Uh, the three choices that the public school district has given have had some challenges, especially the virtual choices, um, but mm-hmm. we're pushing hard with the kids. from a employer standpoint, having to work virtually is challenging. Mm-hmm. Managing a staff of virtual workers, you, you can't always, I think productivity is probably 50%. Uh, then there's the quarantine. So you're on again, off again. That's that's another challenging point. So quarantine at school at uh, Vero Beach High and or Vero Beach All Public different schools. times, any quarantine. So if any, any staff member has symptoms, they have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so it could be allergies, it could be anything. And then you have to, you get tested and the whole process of being in and out of quarantine, whether it's yourself, your kids, the crossover kids, it's a challenging time for a business to operate. Certainly the kind where we're trying to intensively work with young people. So, and the fact that there have been no athletic facilities open during the beginning part of Corona and through the summer, that was very challenging. We were very fortunate to have the Indian River rowing allow us to use their their facilities um, for workouts and mm-hmm. gotten into the leisure square in the last weeks to be able to have basketball. We're grateful for that. Now Gifford middle school has allowed us to be back in the gym and we're hoping very soon that our own gym will be able to open and we can have practices when we want to have practices. Right. Well, that, that's uh, to, to let the audience know that they've made so much progress at crossover. They bought a, a building, a former fruit storage building, and they're retrofitting that for office space and to have their own basketball court because it's a basketball-centric program. These are kids that play at pretty high level at the AAU level, so not having to fight you know, with other programs for court space, that just must be a, a great thing to have. Yeah, the challenges are incredible. I mean, even, I mean, just the, the having to teach kids online through a forum like this, like Zoom, like we're meeting, it's not optimal. 
I mean, having observed, you know, how my kids dealt with it, you know, the end of last year, teachers were struggling with the technology, struggling with the process, which meant the students were, weren't getting taught as effectively. It's just really not a natural way to, uh, to teach. So this is a, a poor substitute. And I can imagine how hard it is for you guys. Despite your challenges, I know you've had some success stories. Uh, you wouldn't be growing otherwise. So Antoine, Kathy, both, you know, either of you, you know, kick in and tell us some of what success looks like at Crossover. For me, the first success story is Antoine Jennings. He's been amazing that we are still working together after seven years, as different as we are, and as polarized as our opinions can be on things, that we have found a common ground and been able to work together successfully. And to see him go from where he started to be this community leader He's an amazing speaker, and he is a role model for so many kids. That is the first success story. Wow. Yep. That's a, that's a great one. And to me, this is a model for America about how America heals all sorts of divides, political, racial, cultural, class, all of it. This is a prototype for that, which is what gets me so excited. So, Antoine, what success look like for you? Uh, I, I get just as much pleasure out of seeing a kid that's not as talented, you know, is not not as gifted on the basketball court, um, watching him play a full season, knowing that he didn't play much. You know, again, not that talented and watching him score his first two points um, and watching the teammates rally around him and support him and clap him up and, and watching, you know, we play games where we spent an entire quarter having the lead and our goal for the, for the end you know, for the last three games was to try to get this kid a basket before the season was over and, you know, winding down to the last seconds, wondering if it was going to happen. And all of a sudden with, you know, four or five seconds left on the clock, the kid finally scores. Nobody else took a shot uh, that entire quarter. So that's a win for all of us, the entire team, the program, that kid, uh, you know, just as much as seeing, you know, your own kid score 25 points or so. Um, you know, watching these kids um, go from, you know, being in gang situations to turning around and deciding that they want to do something different. Um, you know, watching our kids not care about their hygiene or uh, the way that they're dressing and, and wanting to have a, a tough guy image or persona. And, you know, early on, they often picked at me about the way that I dress and said, oh, coach, you dress like a white boy. And, you know, to see them, you know, over time, you know, adjust and now they're wearing the khaki shorts and the spare even they're cutting their hair different and they're being concerned about themselves. You know, we don't push our religion on on any of our kids, although I'm a firm believer in God. But there's been times where, you know, the kids are all sitting at the table eating together and we walk into the room and they're holding hands praying. So, you know, there's been many success stories. Um, I often say that, you know, crossover is not a program, it's a family. So yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you would want to see happening in your own personal life for your family, um, in your home environment, that's what we try to achieve here, here at crossover and, you know, having, uh, different kids. We all know that our kids are, are very different. Um, they all, you know, have different goals. They all have different talents and gifts and capabilities. So we don't have a, a one a one scale measures all, so to speak. For one kid, it may be just to get you to graduate um, and, and be a productive citizen in society. Some kid may have the goal to be a doctor. Some kid may go off to play basketball. You know, somebody may go off to play football. No matter what it is, uh, we want to try to help you obtain your goals and, and be successful and stay out of jail 
uh, and be a productive citizen. Um, again, many, many success stories, so to speak. That's great to hear because, you know, I mean, we know kids learn differently for sure. And it's, it's not the process as much as the outcome. You, you got to get to the same place and there might be many different roads to do that. But within crossover itself, Kathy, you've got to have some common threads there, things that you emphasize, pulling kids up out of difficult situations. And, you know, it's almost like boot camp in the military. What are like the first things you do to kind of get them understanding how the program works? So the first thing is registration. And the registration process is pretty intense now. We've developed over the years to know that you're not, a student is not going to improve if they don't want it. And they have to want it pretty bad. So the process of interviewing, they have to come with their parent or guardian. They have to understand what it is. We have a contract that they have to agree to. It involves their agreement to be in attendance at the crossover mentoring and academic and athletic training. Mm -hmm. And also they have to agree to improve. So, and agree to allow us to watch their grades and their attendance through school and be in contact with their parent. So that's the first part. And then we have some pretty strict, say, measurable goals that we try to achieve. We have performance in academics. It might sound basic, but we expect that 95% of our kids will be eligible to try out for their school basketball team. And that means they have to have a minimum of a 2.0. They have to have the paperwork, the physicals, and all of the fundamentals to be able to try out and and good behavior at school. We have um, athletic performance, and we actually push our kids, if they want it, to try out for their school teams. And this year, we had 30 kids make it onto their school basketball teams across the county. And you've got some real high-level performers, you know, I think of Almondo and Vero Beach High School, which is a very competitive top program, and and he's like their best player. But he started out with crossover, didn't he? He did. He did. I remember the first weeks of him coming. It was a week before tryouts at Gifford Middle School, and uh, the coach came to me and said, "Oh, one of your one of your guys from crossover is crying because he doesn't have a physical." And, and I'm like, <laughs> "Who is it?" And Almondo had been with us one week, so we got him physical that day. He tried out and he made it. And he has made it every year since then, and his grades have strengthened. And he's a he's an amazing young young guy. He's a great young man, and I, you know, Katie and I are are thrilled to be involved with crossover and have met your kids and the the older ones anyway. And they are just such polite, hardworking, driven, motivated young men. Tell me a little bit, like Antoine, about the leap. I mean, we had uh, four boys that were sort of further along in the program, older, and they qualified academically to get into a very difficult school, St. Edward's School, where where my kids go, and uh, they've made such a difference there. But I know it wasn't easy. That first semester must have been hard because the level of work and, and, and what was the expectations was so much higher. Can you tell us a little bit about you know, maybe AJ and then and then the other boys kind of rally together to, to egg each other on and, and meet that challenge. The process of getting them there, from my opinion, was the most um, interesting part. Uh, AJ and, and Yaziel uh, were academically eligible. Uh, D'Angelo and uh, BT were not. Um, they had some, some courses that they would have to take in order to get caught up to even be eligible. Um, right. Also considering the fact that they, uh, because of, some of that stuff they they didn't have the uh they didn't qualify for a scholarship and having the conversation with those two about what it would take to be able to even be eligible to uh attend St. Ed 
uh, with no guarantee that they'd be able to go. Kathy and some of our other team team members sat down and drew up a plan. And what it basically required for them was five days a week, uh, six to eight hours a day of, of academics. And, you know, we kind of, I thought that the boys would, would kind of figure that it was too much um, and that they wouldn't want to commit to something like that, especially not knowing if they would even be able to get in. Um, we, Kathy and I had the conversation with them and I kind of left the room. I said, just let me know. And, you know, <laughs> five minutes, you know, if you guys want to do it or not. And they both came out in less than five minutes and said they wanted to do it. Um, they committed to it. Um, they passed and, you know, with support of people rallying around them, they gave them scholarship money to, to be able to attend 10 St. Ed's. So, you know, it's always been a personal uh, goal of mine. I always was interested in St. Ed's as a kid, and it was always the dream that some of our kids would be able to go there. I just thought that it would be a very different experience for them. thought that it would be a positive experience for the community to see some of our kids from this very tough situation to be over at St. Ed's and see how they could hold up there. Um, and it's been it's been very enlightening. My wife, she was very much against it. She didn't think that my... No kidding. I didn't know that. Oh, no, she, wow. she did not think it was a good fit for my son. Uh, he was already having, you know, some tough times. You know, he wasn't a very outgoing kid and stuff like that. And she just felt like it was not a good fit for him. And she, she did not support it at all. So I was kind of, you know, having my feet to the fire a little bit, um, hoping that <laughs> it went well. And it did. It went, it went great. It went great for all of the boys. Um, and I can speak for my son. I mean, he, the experience was positive. Uh, he continued to do well academically. He made the mm-hmm. honor roll. He had his, his most productive year in basketball uh, since he's been enrolled there. He's a lot more social. Uh, he loves the environment. And he told me that it was the best decision that, that we made. Um, and I've had one of the other kids tell me the exact same thing. I uh, watched BT go from playing one sport, and he's played three sports since he's been at St. Ed. So the support there has been tremendous. What, what Katie Feeney uh, does for the boys, she goes over and beyond. And I know, Jim, I know you're supporting that as well as your kids, your entire family is on board. But the amount of time, uh, love, guidance, and everything that she's done for those boys has been amazing. You know, and I can almost say that I'm uh, like a co-pilot. You know, Katie is just, she's taking over. She's stepped up and go over and beyond. All I have to do is say yes or no and sign the dotted line. Uh, because she's been that much involved in, in navigating the process and making sure that these boys are being successful. You guys have such a great team at Crossover. I mean, Kathy, you, uh, Kim Lorimer, Kim Hanley, and, uh, and Johnny. As a business person, Kathy, I know how, how hard it is, and you, Antoine, as a coach, how hard it is to to create a team that works together, right, not at cross-purposes. That is you know, if you can do that in business, it almost doesn't matter what your business is. You, your team can do anything. All boats are rowing in the same direction. What's your secret? Kathy is the heart and soul of, of what we do. She, she's the buffer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm kind of straight and narrow type of guy. You know, I believe, you know, I'm working hard. And, but Kathy, she's able to pull everybody together. To um, She's always about empowering, uplifting, and, and giving opportunity and, and giving time. She's very patient. Um, and so I, I do think that, you know, I, I'll let her speak, but, but Kathy is the heart and soul uh, of the program um, in many ways. How do you do that? You're the, you're the CEO. Yeah, please, How do you keep it together? Please, please do tell, Kathy. <laughs> 
Well, it's been a process, you know, we've had failures that have taught us things and ah. yes. yes. <laughs> That's a lesson for the boys and the girls at crossover. It's like failure is not the last word that yes. just shows you where you need to work. Yes, indeed. Indeed. You're right. The team is the most important part and getting the right people at the right time in the right place is very, very important. You have to take the time. You have to make sure that the mindsets match. And then, you know, as we have, you have been a small team trying to do a big thing, you just got to stay the course and know that it might be hard today, but tomorrow's going to be better. So it's, mm-hmm. um, there's no magic to it. It's hard. It's hard. We just keep going. It is hard work. Well, I know just from my involvement with uh, some of the boys there, seeing how they operate as a team, both on the court. St. Ed's had their best basketball season in years last year, and we're expecting big things this year, Antoine. I, I noticed AJ put on a few inches. All of them look like they're ready to ready to rock and roll. I think it's going to be a tough road, uh, much like last year. Uh, we lost a lot of experience there with, with so many seniors um, graduating. So, you know, you're going to have a, a new core group of guys. Um, been trying to work with the boys uh, in the off season Again, the challenge has been, you know, gym time and the weather and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've personally spent an awful lot of time with my son as, of course, he, he lives in my household. So it's been a lot easier with him. Uh, but I'm, I'm expecting that we'll, we'll have a pretty good season this year. I think the boys know what it takes, what type of commitment and sacrifice that they're going to have to put into it. Um, they understand more now that, than ever that this is their senior year and team camaraderie is important. I don't think – I think that last year's um, there was a few loss uh, that we took, but I, I think that broke them. But it also helped them understand that it won't come easy and they're going to have to go out and fight for it. And I think they'll, I think they'll be ready for it this year. I can't wait. Can't. We're looking forward to it. And uh, uh, tomorrow we'll be uh, at the game watching BT play. He was with us mm-hmm. last week. He's the smallest guy in the field, but the biggest heart. So, Kathy, I know that Crossover is growing. You've got a new building here. You've got 70 kids involved. I think your goal is going to be more than that. So, mm-hmm. you know, scaling a business, scaling an institution uh, is a hard thing to do. Because right? you have to make all the things that we're working at a smaller level make them work at a bigger level. So tell us about your growth plans for crossover. So we've learned in in looking at the numbers over the years that the need for our services is practically unlimited. We can never serve all the need. Us together with all the other agencies like GYC and Boys and Girls Club. Uh, So we have felt that a reasonable growth would be to double our numbers, especially in our new building. Uh, with the ability to run programming concurrently, basketball and athletic academics at the same time, we could easily run as many basketball players at the same time as academics. So if we have 70 now, we could do 140. That's the goal. But mm-hmm. it's not just add in more kids. Then you have to have 70 more volunteers and they have to all be trained and brought up to speed on all of the protocols. The administration has to keep up with that. So it is a process. We don't just do that overnight. So we have a three-year plan to grow the numbers to 140. Remember, that's going very deep with the kids. That's one-on-one mm-hmm. mentoring. That's advocacy and, and support in the school system. So um, the building is very, very important for the growth. It's not possible if we can't have academics and athletics in the same place. So that's why we chose this building. Um, it's very fitting. It's 30,000 square feet. It has upstairs 
academic and administrative space, which will also be built out as part of the renovation. And the downstairs will have one full court and one practice court and some additional spaces that are, will be in development, you know, in year three or after. As far as scaling up, it has to do with how you raise the money to be able to afford each phase of that development. We have um, 35% of our funding is coming from granting agencies locally. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the majors, and we are in the process of a significant grant from an outside trust from New York, which is um, going to carry us through this big liftoff period. And so we're, we're pretty excited about what's happening with that. As far as our staffing, staffing is really key. You can't grow too fast and not be prepared with your staff. So we are right. utilizing, you know, what becomes of a position like Antoine. He is the head coach. He is the head mentor. Um, he is the most important relation with parents. And so we have to be able to duplicate him. That's not mm-hmm. easy to do. So we're looking at how we're doing that with the staffing and then volunteer coordinating is very important. So did I answer your question? I certainly did. I mean, you have a lot on your, your plate and, you know, you mentioned the uh, duplicating Antoine. I mean, it's, <laughs> you got to work yourself out of a job. That's your job is to work yourself out of a job. You're looking for your replacement. How do you train your replacement? Those are hard things to do. So, Kathy, tell the listeners, uh, and we have a lot of local listeners, how they can get involved in Crossover. Okay. So we have lots of volunteer opportunities. You can become an academic mentor, Mm -hmm. and that's in various capacities. If you are a person who wants to be virtual, we have virtual mentoring. We have live mentoring at almost any time of day because we have students who are homeschooling, so they could be mentored, you know, anytime during the day or in the afternoon, evening. We're looking for support volunteers on our board, on our capital campaign committee, our fundraising committees. Administratively, we have tons of things to do. So if you are interested, any listeners are interested in getting involved, even on the basketball side, Antoine can always use help with things like physical assessments. So we check that we test the kids every twice a year for their physical fitness and fundamentals. And we always need help taking those. So you can give us a call. Our phone number is 772-257-5400. Or you can look us up on our website, which is crossovermission.com. There is a donate button on the website. You can always donate through the website. Or you can call in if you want to just give money or you want to call and speak to Antoine and me and hear more, please do. We'd welcome any you know personal contact with any of your listeners. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kathy DeShower and Antoine Jennings for joining me today. Fascinating discussions. I know my listeners are going to enjoy this. So folks, please do check out the website for Crossover at crossovermission.com and check out their great work. Make a donation, learn about how to become a mentor. It will Do your soul well. You'll be helping people out, and you'll get a lot out of it. Trust me. Well, that's our show for today, folks. I would encourage you all, if you haven't already, to head to my website, uh, www.jimfeeney.com, and sign up to get my newsletter and podcast. Just your email, and it's free. All subscribers who also provide their mailing address will get a signed copy of my book, Locally Grown, The Art of Sustainable Government, and be eligible to appear in future podcasts as guests, which we've already done here. And join the movement to unite our country on rock-solid middle ground. Remember, united we stand, divided we fall, each one for the other and all for all.